What's good, Wizards fans? We're going to talk about an update from Jake Fisher and the Washington Wizards GM search and also grade Corey Kispers 2022-2023 season. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. The championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, so let's get started on the GM search. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the article here um from jake fisher uh from the athletic so um he talked about the 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 lead change with um john thompson the third uh basically taking the lead with the search um so he says quote the quote the wizards have yet to begin the process of requesting permission to interview executives from other team sources said end quote um keep in mind the lottery is may 14th the NBA draft is six weeks away, and John Thompson III is the acting GM for the time being. So um, what's your thoughts on that? Of course, remember Troy Halliburton came on, who, you know, I called him Troy Houdini because he called it with Tommy Shepard's job being in jeopardy. Um, so he kind of was like um, not Woj, but the big guy who was uh, following. He's been following LeBron, Brian Windhorse, where he put his fingers in the air. So that's what Troy kind of did with the prediction there. Um, and he did say that the Wizards had interviewed uh, Milt Newton, the uh, assistant GM for the Milwaukee Bucks. So what are your thoughts about Jake Fisher's uh, reports and, and how alarming is that to you or does it really move you at all? Uh, I got to be honest, man. It's, it's, it's slightly alarming because, like you said, draft lottery is coming up, man, and you kind of want your GM to be kind of implement himself into this franchise at this point. So it is a little alarming. I, I think they're kind of waiting. May, I'm hoping – they're waiting on maybe what Golden State's got going on with, you know, Bob Myers. But even then, you know, if I'm an owner or if, I, if I'm responsible for talking to GMs, I got to kind of be a little birdie in somebody's ear and say, hey, look, man, you know, <laughs> we need a GM. So, uh, you know, they need to be a little more forthcoming with candidates because, look, time is of essence right now because right now is the time when you need a GM to kind of start looking at prospects for the draft and, and whatnot. So to me, it's a little alarming because they, I think they need to kind of speed up the process. Now, Obviously, with us being the only team that's searching for a GM, that is slightly an advantage. You know, we're not so so pressed, so we do have a little bit of time, but I kind of want to see some progress within the next couple of weeks, man. I really do, because like you said, you know, draft is the time when you need that GM and whatever staff he has, whether he retains what they have now or he finds his own pieces. But, he, you know, we need a guy to come in and start doing his thing. So, yeah, I'm slightly alarmed, but I think the only thing that really makes me feel better is the fact that, we're not competing with any other team for GM. So that kind of helps us out. Yeah, that, that is a good point that we're the only team that is um, that has an open uh, job for a GM. But at the same time, you brought up some good points is urgency. I want them to move with urgency. The, the lottery is not far away. The draft is coming soon. You have to evaluate these players. You have to get a plan and some type of identity. 
Um, the Wizards, they seem to drag their feet. I know when they, they took a long time to hire Tommy Shepard, they were like the last team to hire uh, West Unsell Jr. when there was a lot of open spots, like the Mavericks had an open head coach spot. Um, the Magic had an open uh, open head coach spot. There was a lot of teams at that time when they fired Scott Brooks and they just took so much time and they did so many interviews and they ended up with West Unsell Jr. And then with the GM spot, the last time when they fired Ernie, they hired a search firm. They call 78 people. They just took so long, just a time, long of a time just to end up with Tommy Shepard. Now, um, if they are waiting for Bob Myers, which is everybody, which is basically the top candidate that everybody wants from the Warriors, um, you may have to wait a while, man. They, they, the Lakers, they're a good team. Of course, LeBron versus Steph is going to be a fun series, but right now the betting odds are that the, the, the Warriors are going to win that series. If they win that series, then you're going to have to wait another two weeks. Um, you're gonna really have to wait two weeks because that that series could go to Game Seven, and that series could be a seven-game series. So now, if you wait two more weeks from now, what's today? May second uh, or third? So now, now it's May fifteenth, right at the lottery. And even if the Warriors do lose, okay, that might be the perfect spot because you get to see the lottery, you get to see your pick. And like Troy said, if we lose the lottery, we end up with pick nine or pick ten again. Is Bob Myers really like, oh, I'm banging on the door to come to the Wizards? But if we get pick five or four and we luck up then maybe Bob Myers will be like hey we'll be like hey we're just more the Wizards are more of an attractive place so they keep playing around with this now if their plan really is to wait for Bob Myers I understand it but if if that's not the day one if that's not the realistic number one plan then they're they're gonna end up I'm not gonna say they're gonna end up doomed but I just feel like it, it, it's kind of malpractice I mean my Masai Ujiri you hear reports about him of course he's already available because the, the Raptors already lost uh trained in Langdon he's already available because the Pelicans already lost, so the only guy they could be waiting for. And it reminds me, I, I keep bringing up the Commanders again. I got my Commanders bucket hat on when Ron Rivera waited for Eric Bieniemy. He did do, he conducted interviews, but he knew that he wanted Bieniemy. And of course, with the Chiefs, you just had to wait for the Super Bowl. Where as the Warriors, you may just have to wait for the finals to end because you can't talk to Bob Myers at this point because they're still playing games. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I said, it really behooves him to uh, behooves them to really step up the process because like you said you need a gm and the staff to be right now at this point evaluating talent they, you know they should already be evaluating talent right now and like you said i don't i don't want us to be so dependent on the prospect of bob myers that we missed an opportunity on a candidate that could be a really good gm because i think trajan landing out of new orleans is a really good candidate in my opinion he's young you know he shows that he can build a team um newton milwaukee i think would is an, is an option but i think that don't put all your eggs in one basket, man. You know, don't sit around and wait for Bob Myers. Because like you said, we all know that D.C. is just not that destination right now that attracts a lot of big-name talent, unfortunately. So, you know, Bob Myers is not a given. So go out there and find a guy who can get the job done. You know, and I so I think in the next couple of weeks, it really behooves Teleonsis to find his next GM, man. Because, you, like you said, you're going to be waiting for, uh, for a while for Bob Myers because Golden State, man, look, they got that magic. I mean, you, we really don't know how far they're going to go. I mean, they got that pedigree, man. You, just, you cannot count out Golden State. So um, so you very well could see them in the finals. So you just never know. So, yeah, I think it really behooves them to, within this next couple of weeks, find your guy because you've got to start evaluating talent, man. You know, regardless if we have the fourth pick or the ninth pick, we need a guy who's going to find that next diamond in the rough because we have needs. And we need a guy to come in and start evaluating. So, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with it, man. I'm not too alarmed, but I'm. It's kind of like, hey, you know, hurry up a little bit, <laughs> you know, because 
because we're you know it's getting close. So you know, I'm not alarmed yet, but they kind of gotta pick up the feet a little bit. So that's where I'm at yeah. with it, man. Yeah, and I trust Troy's reporting. I trust that they did interview Milton Newton. They may just be trying to keep it very quiet and not tell anybody. They're not, they're not trying to tell Woj, they're not trying to tell Shams, Sherrania, they're not trying to tell Jake Fisher. Maybe they are um not being truthful about um the process right now with Jay Fisher. So that could be the case too. But like I said, I hundred percent trust Troy that they did interview Milt Newton. So if they're trying to keep it under wraps and surprise us, then, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but we're going to move on to Corey Kisper here and give his grade before we do that. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by better help. Uh, it's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. Um, you know, you think about your friends, your kids, or if you have kids or, buddies whoever and you're always thinking about them you got to focus on yourself you got to take that time to take a break and think about yourself Um, but when we spend all all of our time giving it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burnt out therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, let's get started with Corey Kisper. So like we're going to do in our great series like we did with Denny yesterday, uh, one stat that stood out to you and, you know, do we think he's going to be here after this season? Um, and what what does he need to improve on? What what impresses? So we'll start off with what key stat uh, stood out to you from Corey Kispers 2022-2023 season. Whoa. I'm going to roll with a couple of them. Field goal percentage was 49.7% this season. Three-point percentage was 42.4. So his homeboy was shooting at a high clip. I mean, he, this year he showed that he's a shooter. He can shoot. You know, he's got the ability to cut to the basket, and he's got that IQ um he got he has a little bit of hops you know he has some athleticism you know he's had a couple of dunks um he really showed out offensively this year you know um i was very impressed i mean points per game 11 a game so you, i mean scored more than denny i'm just saying i'm not trying to start nothing but you know, i'm just <laughs> but i'm just saying um homeboy i mean he showed out man you know I, I like offensively he looked he looked good this year now we know what Corey is man he's a role guy who if needed he can plug and play and start now, is he a long-term on- option to start? I don't think so. I, I, look, don't get me wrong. I, I love his game. You know, he if you look at shooters around the league, you know, we were talking about before, man, um, McDermott's, um, uh, Robinson out of Miami. You know, these guys aren't cutting. They're not dunking on folk. You know, they're, they're kind of hanging out in the perimeter. You know, Corey doesn't do that. You know, he has enough basketball IQ to know when to cut. You know, you know. so, no, I was very impressed this, this year with Corey, man, offensively. Now, what can he work on? defensively i think he can't get better on the defensive end now am i expecting him to ever be a lockdown guy i don't think so i really just being an average defender i think would help out so i I like to see him kind of take steps forward on the defensive end but again often you know that's not really his mo i mean offensively he did his job and you know he's a good role player going forward he's 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 going to be much needed on this bench going forward so yeah man those are the two stats i'm rolling with that really came out to me because he shot at a high level you know, he was really shooting the high level this year. And um, defenses, you know, if you notice in the second half, they were starting to put a little pressure on him on the perimeter, man, because they knew that he's got that ability to knock those down those trees, man. So, yeah, I'm going to roll with those two stats. 
I'm, I'm definitely th- – those are some good stats. Uh, what stood up to me was the last 10 games of the 2023, 2023 season for Corey Kispert, even though is it sustainable once again, another guy. We talked about how Denny plays without without Brad, without Kuz. But, of course, you know, who knows what the G- new GM is going to do. Um, are they going to – of course, Brad is coming back, but are they going to bring back Kuz? Can, can Denny do what he did without Brad and Kuz? When they come back, can he can, can he sustain that? Now, same thing with Corey Kispert. Can he sustain what he did without Brad and Kuz next year? When they come back, if they do, if Kuz comes back. Now, the last ten games of the year, Bradley Bill's last game of the year was with the Orlando Magic, and after that, there was ten games left in the season. Uh, Corey Kispert averaged in those last ten games of the season. He averaged eighteen points a game. Now, this is more than just one stat. But he averaged eighteen points a game, three boards, and one assist in ten games. So he went up from basically, like you said, averaging eleven points, went up to eighteen points a game. He was fired from the three. The game that we went to against the Rockets, um, he literally played about like 18 minutes and hit literally went in there and hit like five threes against the Houston Rockets. I'm looking it up right now. He um he hit five threes in 18 minutes, had 18 points. I guess he, now it's a bad team, but it, I mean it just shows you how quickly he could fill it up. Uh he had one game against the Orlando Magic with nine threes. He had one game against the Spurs with six threes. He had one game against the Toronto Raptors with five threes. And this is a part of the last 10 games of the season. So he hit six, five, three, nine threes, four threes, six, uh, in a six game span. He hit at least three threes in a six game span. Um, and then he hit three threes against Miami, the, the last game that we won that we really should have lost for the lottery standings. And he had 19 points. He had 29 points against the Knicks and 27 points against the Orlando Magic. What impressed me the most in those last 10 games that he was actually putting the ball on the floor, doing step backs, um, shimmying on people. Like he was doing stuff that, you know, typically we just don't think about Corey Kispert doing. So I was impressed with that. I'm just like, you know, we just don't see that when Brandon Coos are out there. So, you know, is he capable of doing that? Can he do that when they're there? But when they're not there, he's showcasing more of his skills and, and more of his bag. So it's like, we need these young guys like Corey and Denny to step up and do some of these things and that's how they can make the playoffs. That's that's a way they can make the playoffs if those young guys do blossom and get better. But it's just it's just been really tough for them to do that and kind of spread their wings at the same time and win games. Um, but yeah, like you said, Corey shot the ball really really well from the three point line. He improved in basically every um, shooting statistical category. Three point percentage went up from thirty five to forty two percent from his rookie season to sophomore to his sophomore year. Field goal percentage, like you said, forty nine percent. He almost had a 50-40-90 season. Uh, free throw percentage eighty five percent from the free throw line. Eleven points. He averaged eight points his rookie year. Went up to eleven. Um, everything he basically improved on. So seventy four games, forty five starts. Um, I think you know the knock on him. A lot of people think we should have drafted Trey Murphy out of the Pelican from the with the Pelicans. But honestly, I'm not mad over that pick. I think Corey Kisper's still a good pick. Trey Murphy, he may still have more upside. He had a big, he had a couple of big games this year too. But I'm I'm fine with the Corey Kisper pick. Is he limited on defense? Yes. Um, is he ever going to break his man down consistently? Consistently, no. Um, but he's a guy that can move around and knock down a three. And you need that around Brad. You need that around Kuz and Porzingis, guys that can open the floor. So I thought he had a good season this year. Yeah, I mean, we can go over what we could have did and all that, but you know, <laughs> I, I should have put stock in, a, in Amazon like twenty years ago, man. I didn't, so you know, it, it is what it is. But I mean, you hit the nail on the head, man. I'm gonna say this: Can they have these performances? And, and I'm talking about Corey Kispert and Denny Avia. Can they play like this when the solid three is is playing? Because I think that's the difference. 
you know, because like you said, I think we both agree that, you know, both Corey Kisper and Denny Alvia are high upside role guys. But that's the thing. If they can play this like this when they, you have the solid three off the court, come on. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about a different team. You're talking about a potential playoff team. You know, if mm-hmm. you can get these type of performances from Kisper and Avia, um, like you said, with the solid three on in the lineup and maybe, you know, tr- um, changing the rotation. This is a playoff team because, like you said, Corey Kispert and even Denny Avia both took massive leaps forward. Now, obviously, they both have areas they need to work on, kind of both at opposite end of the spectrum. You know, obviously, um, Denny's more of the defensive guy that needs to work on the shot, whereas Kispert is more of the shooter that needs to work on his defense. So, I mean, that's my big expectation for these two um, is working on those areas, and we could be a better team. And obviously, we don't know the direction is yet, and, you know, this is the thing, but um Kisper just offensively like you said he was doing things just to think he could do he was starting to dunk on folk I was like hold, mm-hmm. hold up <laughs> so yeah I was very impressed man Kispert um he took a massive leap forward from his rookie year man I mean he offensively he just he played really well this year but yeah my only knock against him is just defense and then not just him it's just um just, and I, like I said I'm not expecting him to be any kind of lockdown guy I don't think that's ever gonna be his game but I would like to see him at least be an average defender so that's where I'm at, man. You know, he did well, and he was a really bright, big, bright spot for this team this year, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can certainly move without the ball. He's a guy that doesn't need the ball in his hands to be successful. Um, cutting to the basket, like you said, finishing. He's he's very athletic. Uh, he had a couple of nasty dunks that, you know, definitely got me out of my chair. Um, so, and he's a really good finisher. So, like we talked about with Denny yesterday, where um, three feet away, three to 10 feet away from the basket, Corey Kispert shot 53%. Denny shot 39%. So Corey Kispert, he just has a better knack of finishing around the rim. Um, zero to three feet away from the rim, which is basically like a layup or a floater. Corey Kispert shot 76%. Denny shot 71%, which is not too far off. So, you know, I'm not going to knock Denny. Rui shot 80% from zero to three feet away uh, from the rim. So it just kind of gives you a sense of how these guys finish around the rim. And Corey Kispert, he's a really good finisher. So, I guess we, you know, we both agree on improvement areas for him. You know, defense, defense, defense. He'll probably never be a lockdown defender. That's just not in his. <laughs> that's just not, you know, part of his game. And if you drafted him to be a lockdown defender, then you basically failed at drafting. And that's Tommy Shepard's yeah. pick now. What does the new GM think of Corey coming in? What do you feel is going to happen this offseason? Do you think he's going to be used in a trade, or do you think he's more likely to be on this roster next year and then? I know it's two years down the road with his contract, so we don't have to really talk about it. But, you know, what do you see coming for coming up for him this offseason and uh, the 2024 season? I mean, now that's the season as well. Oh, got you. No, that's a dope question, man. Um, He's got to stick around. You know, he he's proved that he can plug and play, come in and start if need be. Uh, he can score. You know, he can shoot at a high level. You know, he's got the IQ. He can cut. He's got athleticism. Now you got to keep him around, man. You know, I think you, you definitely got to keep him around. Um, and like you said, with the contract, he's got some time, but I mean, look, I mean, this is sophomore year and look at the you know, type of performance you get. I mean, he very well in his last year of his contract could average round 15. I mean, why not? Because he's proven he's that score. So yeah, you got, you got to hold on to Kispert, man. Um, his grade B plus easy. Um, the, the defensive size reason I don't give him an A, but I, he had that good of a year to me because he filled his role as a role guy. He, he was a perfect role guy. You know, you put him in the lineup, you can hit him from the perimeter. You know, it's just, he did his job. And like I said, defense is a big reason why I didn't give him an A. 
But, you know, as far as looking at this team, this, uh, this crazy year we had, man, he was a bright spot. You know, Corey Kisper came in and he did his job, man. Um, very, you know, very consistent. Here's the biggest thing. He was very consistent. You know, he, he played consistent. And he played within his role all year. With the solid three was rolling, he, you know, he was that role guy that can come in and hit perimeter. And then when we dealt with injuries, he came in and he started and did his job. So, yeah, B plus, easy. Yeah, and I think he provides more than, you know, a guy like Davies Bertans where he can do more. He can move without the ball. He can cut and do other things. Um, and I think that's a big reason why they drafted Corey Kispert. So, like, I mean, I basically echo everything because Corey Kispert, his game is, is very simple. It's not as complex like Denny. You know, Denny, you know, he's, he's got to have the ball in his hands. He's a good defender. So there's just more elements to his game where Corey's kind of like, you just got to knock down these threes um, for him to really be impactful and get playing time. But, um, yeah, he's he's been an Ironman. He's been a good player. I like what he said about um, when they asked him about tanking and whatnot. He was like, the fan, I, I can't get mad at the fans for that because they should have won those games when they had opportunities to win those games. So I like his answer. He's got a good head on his shoulders, went to Gonzaga, um, you know, been in a championship game in the, in the NCAA. So he's a he's a um, con- definitely a professional for sure. Um, but, yeah, like I said, defense, can he put effort on that side and uh, knock down threes, move out the ball? You know, a la Duncan Robinson, Doug McDermott, uh, Wesley Matthews, um, Ray Allen towards the end of his career. Not the, of course, not the Ray Allen with the Bucks or the Celtics, but just being that shooter, that knockdown shooter, just being ready to knock down threes. So um, that's it. For, I, I give him about a B, B minus. And like I said, the defense really dings his grade. Um, but offensively, I thought he shot the ball better towards as the season went along. He improved in every statistical category. So that's what I want to see from him. And his future is bright. Could he be used as a trade piece? I think his value, he doesn't have much value, but I could see him if they want to upgrade the point guard position. Maybe if they want to throw him in there, it's possible. But I, I, mean, I, would hang on to him. I would hang on to him for right now. Yeah, I would too. I mean, we did a shout out to Jesus Shuttlesworth, man. Ray Allen. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to him. Like I said, I'm not saying anything. I know, right? <laughs> I'm just saying the shooting at the, towards the very end of Ray Allen's career. No, absolutely. You know, I, I totally agree. Towards the end of his career, especially with Miami, you know, he was the shooter. Uh, you wouldn't the, the Sonics Ray Allen where he was creating, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I totally agree, man. You know, he has an element that you know Robinson didn't have in Miami. You know, he he's athletic, he he cuts, you know, he doesn't hang around the perimeter the whole time. So no, I, I love what I saw from Pittsburgh this year, man. So it's an easy B plus. Like I said, the only reason I didn't make it an A is just because defensively, you know, he can improve in that area. Now, like I said, I don't think neither one of us think he's ever gonna be a lockdown guy. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna happen, but mm-hmm. he definitely can be more active on the defensive end. So that's that's where I'm at with it, man. Yeah. We're going to wrap it up here. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We're going to recap Daniel Gafford's 2023 season, and we may throw in Todd Gibson or another bench player. And then either Gafford was a starter. Um, we'll just probably maybe just do the bigs as a whole, maybe Jay Huff in there too. But I uh, just want to thank you guys for listening, and make sure you guys subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Hail to the Wizards. Peace.